This is the Morning Rush. Coming up on today's show, we'll look at uh, last night's action in high school hoops. We'll preview the conference tournament openers for West Virginia and Maryland. The ACC tournament is in full swing, and Duke is still in play. We got more fallout from the Les Miles situation in Kansas. And today, March 11th, 2021, is the one-year anniversary of when the sports world stopped spinning. We'll get into all that and more coming up in the next two hours of the Morning Rush. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? Glad to have you on board. So glad. You can take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off yet another essential work day. Several ways to get involved on this show. As always, it's the same today as it ever was. Hit me up on Twitter at ESPN Morning Rush or at Rush Tony C. Our Facebook page, Cumberland's ESPN Radio. At Cumberland's ESPN Ready. You get it. You know how it works by now. Taking your calls on the rush line, 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance on this thirsty Thursday morning, 301-759-2628. And, of course, our podcast page on the free Podbean app where we upload every show every day. Mine is commercials, so you can go back and listen to whatever you want, whenever you want. Because we do it just for you. All right, let's kick off today's show as we kick off every single show with a rock around the region. I want to rock! And we start with girls high school basketball, where Frankfurt rolled to a 60-27 to win over Hedgesville in short gap. Marier Purdue continues to be on fire. 25 points for the Falcons, who are 3-0 against Quad A schools this season. Is that her lowest output of the year? It's close, right? And I say that the best way. I know she has a couple 30-point games. Does she have like 25, 25, 32, and 36? It's ridiculous. It's insane. Elsewhere, Kaiser put three players in double figures. In a 45-31 home win over Washington, the Golden Tornado off to a 3-1 start. Hampshire is 4-0. After a 62-37 win over Moorfield, Gracie Fields had 19 points for the Trojans, and the East Hardy Union game was postponed because of COVID issues at East Hardy High School. Uh, The EH Union boys game also postponed for the same reason. Tonight in boys' action, Frankfurt is hosting Hampshire. Berkeley Springs is at Trinity Christian, and Moorfield is at Kaiser. On the girls' side, Tucker County is at Petersburg. Berkeley Springs is at Hedgesville, and Pendleton County is at Pocahontas County. In college basketball, on the local scene, Noah Smith scored 17 points. To lead Potomac State to a 72-43 win over Penn Highlands, that game was in Kaiser. Catamounts are now 6-3 on the year. On the national level, two games we will talk about in depth later this hour. 
Both West Virginia and Maryland begin conference tournament play today. The Mountaineers take on Oklahoma State in the Big 12 quarterfinals. The Terps face Michigan State in the Big Ten, well, second round of the Big Ten tournament. Both games tip at 11.30 this morning. In the NBA, the Wizards return from the All-Star break on Wednesday, taking on the Grizzlies in Memphis. Terminates the dribble, feeds left corner, Bain open again. Give him three more, ring it up. Put three on the board, 10 assists for Morant. Another double-double, and Desmond Bain with his first 20-point NBA game. The call on 92.9 ESPN Memphis, 127-112. The Grizz beat the Wiz. I thought uh, I thought nobody beat the Wiz. Uh, Bradley Bill had 21 points and Russell Westbrook 20 for Washington. If you got that reference, give yourself uh, 31 and three-quarter points. In Major League Baseball, spring training action from Wednesday. Starlin Castro tripled, homered, and drove in all three runs. As the Nationals beat the Cardinals 3-2, the Orioles beat the Blue Jays 4-3, and the Pirates lost to the Yankees 6-5, Brian Goodwin hit a grand slam for Pittsburgh. Today, you got the O's at the Pirates at 105, also at 105, the Nats at the Marlins, and tonight on the ice, the Capitals are at the Flyers, the Penguins are at the Sabres, and of course, we'll have that Capitals game for you right here on this very station Pre-game 6.45, puck drop at 7 o'clock. And that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Caporale Group. So let's start with some college hoops, shall we? Tournament play in full swing. We did not have any, there were no conference title games last night. So we had nobody punch their ticket. We had no no more automatic bids, so the number still stands at 11. We currently have 11 of the field of 68 in place for the NCAA tournament. And I, I got to tell you right now, and we'll talk about this in the next hour, because as I mentioned, today is the one-year anniversary of when sports pretty much went belly up because of the coronavirus. Right around this time last year, today and in the days that followed, we sat and just watched everything just stop, right? West Virginia, they were in Kansas City getting ready to to play in the Big 12 tournament, never got a chance because it was canceled. So it is so good to be sitting here today, a year later, talking about them getting ready to play the Big 12 tournament. Because last year was a mess. It's still kind of a mess. But just not as messy as it was last year. So today, or this morning to be more precise, West Virginia does indeed begin play in the Big 12 tournament. 10th-ranked Mountaineers will take on number 12 Oklahoma State in the quarters in KC. The teams split in the regular season. Uh, most recently, they played in Morgantown last Saturday, which was an 85-80 to 80 win for Oklahoma State. And they did so, and we talked about it on Monday, without their superstar Cade Cunningham and uh, starting guard Isaac Likely. Now, Cunningham is expected to play today. Likely will likely not play. 
And the thing about West Virginia this year, if you paid attention, if you followed along, for whatever reason, and you can talk about, you know, no fans being in attendance or very little, very few fans being in attendance, they did better on the road than they did at home this year. So they should really feel <laughs> right at home away from Morgantown in KC. 10 of their 18 wins this season came either on the road or at a neutral site. They were 7-3 and three in true road games, 3-1 and one in neutral site games. Overall, Mountaineers 18-8 and eight in the regular season. They finished 11-6 and six and in fourth place in the Big 12. That loss Saturday to Oklahoma State knocked them from the second seed down to number four. Oklahoma State, 18-7 overall, 11-7 in conference play. They finished as the five seed, which is why we have today's 4-5 matchup. And as I mentioned, this, of course, will be the first appearance in the Big 12 tournament for both teams since 2019, since, you know, because last year's was called off. And when you look at the teams defensively, and to hear Bob Huggins say it, West Virginia can't play defense. Uh, we played part of his press conference. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Or no, when was it? It wasn't. It was after the game. Uh, Monday. And he said simply, we can't guard. Right? I, that, those were his words. We can't guard. And it seems like for West Virginia, 71 points is the cutoff. When the Mountaineers hold teams to 71 or fewer points, they are 13-0. Did not lose a game, holding teams to 71 or fewer. When they let teams score more than 71, 5-8. and eight. So pay attention as that score starts creeping up. 71 is the cutoff. 75 points is the high mark for Oklahoma State because they are 13-0 when holding teams under 75. 5-7 and seven over 75. Now, if the game comes down to the foul line, you'd have to expect, if they can make them, that West Virginia would have the advantage. Now, look, Mountaineer fans, I know this because I know a lot of them. They love to complain, as most fan bases do. Let's be honest about that. They love to complain that the Mountaineers never get the calls. That in every game that's ever been played by the Mountaineers, The officials are always against them in every single game. However, West Virginia attempted the second most free throws in all of Division I this season. They're shooting nearly 25 foul shots a game. uh, 24.8 if you want the exact average. And again, a lot of it goes back to uh, their style of play. You get the ball to the rim. You attack the rim, dribble drive, penetration, kick to Culver, you're going to draw fouls. Culver, what was the number that I I gave? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. He draws a ridiculous number of fouls a game. I think it was five or six. I think that might be too high. But if memory serves, Derek Culver himself, one player, draws like five or six fouls a game. Because it's a style of play. 
So, again, if it comes down the foul shooting, assuming they can actually make them, which, again, that's iffy. Because you look at some of the games that the Mountaineers have lost this season, they had an opportunity, especially when you go back and what was the uh, – it was the overtime game against Baylor when they had a chance late to hit a free throw to go up by three and they missed it. Then he had a chance in overtime, went to the foul line and missed that as well. So they're not a – it seems like with the Mountaineers, they're not a bad free throw shooting team. They just have some really bad misses at the absolute worst times. And we'll see how that plays out uh, in today's game. So not only – look at uh, the big picture here. Not only is a trip to the Big 12 semifinals on the line, where, barring a major upset, uh, they'll have a meeting with number 1 Baylor. That's very likely to happen. But this could have an effect on the NCAA tournament as well. Because in Joe Lunardi's latest bracket update, he has West Virginia as the three seed, and Oklahoma State as the four seed, in both in Region 3. So if the Cowboys win today, that would make two out of three over the Mountaineers this season. And that could mean, if Lunardi's projections are correct, that the two could possibly flip spots in the NCAA bracket. Okie State goes to number three, Mountaineers fall to number four. Now, the difference there is quite simple, and it's kind of important. The three seed has to go through the number two seed to get to the region final. In this case, if in fact they were both in region three, Houston is currently the number two seed in the projections. While the four seed has to go through the top seed to get to the region final, which in this case is Michigan. So, yes, it would be nice to win the game and move on to the Big 12 semifinals. And if you keep on advancing, granted, you don't want to face Baylor. But, hey, Mountaineers could beat Baylor. I mean, look, they took them to overtime last game. The Mountaineers can run with anybody. They, 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 they've proven that this season, right? They, they gave Gonzaga all they could handle early on in the year. They gave Baylor all they could handle. The Mountaineers can play with anybody, but they can also lose to anybody too. So while we are you know, focused on the Big 12 tournament, bigger picture, there's a lot on the line as far as the NCAA seeding goes. And that starts with today's game. So obviously, you can improve your NCAA seeding if you win today and then knock off Baylor in the next round. Hey, you can go from a three to a two, uh, possibly. But a loss today... A loss today would be much more damaging for West Virginia than Oklahoma State. Does that make sense? Because even if Oklahoma State loses, they could pretty much be locked into that four seed. Either way. A loss by the Mountaineers, as I just mentioned, that could actually drop them to a four seed. And then they'd have to go through number one Michigan if, in fact, they wind up in that in that region three. So we'll see how it shakes out. I'm trying to find uh, what other games are on in the Big 12 today. Let me find. Let me consult the bones here. 
Uh, come on. This internet. Why, why do we always do this? What is this? We're in the year 2021. Are we still using dial-up? What's going on here? <laughs> Did somebody forget to put in the MindSpring CD? And if you get that reference, eh, give yourself two points. Did we not get the latest AOL CD in the mail? Come on. Uh, So the first, here we go. All right, it's finally up here. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, in the world of cyberspace and technology, uh, our internet moves at the speed of mud, pretty much. So first game today, Big 12 tournament, you got Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Second game, Kansas State, who won last night. They get to face Baylor. Good luck with that. Kansas State, enjoy the offseason. Then later, an interesting matchup, I think. Oklahoma and Kansas. Oklahoma's kind of faded down the stretch. They lost three straight games. They did win last night. They got by Iowa State. Iowa State, by the way, finished winless in the Big 12 this season. Winless. Zero. But Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I keep on wanting to call them Oklahoma State. Oklahoma has enough talent to give Kansas a game, I do believe. And then in the nightcap, another great game, Texas Tech against Texas. So that is your uh, Big 12 slate for today, starting with that Oklahoma State-West Virginia game. And again, that is an 11.30 tip, and that game will be televised on ESPN. So you might want to take a half day. You might want to call the boss and, you know, and, you know I, got a, I got a headache, boss, man. I got to, you know, Take an early lunch, make it a long lunch, about two and a half hours long, and check out the Cowboys and Mountaineers on ESPN. All right, time for a break. When we come back, we'll talk Terps. Stick around. Cumberland's ESPN Radio. This is the Morning Rush. I was uh, perusing uh, Twitter during the break, as I do always. And, you know, I said at the top of the show, it's it's pretty amazing when you think about it today. Today is the one-year anniversary of when the sports world pretty much just came to an absolute grinding halt. And it's something we'll get into more in the next hour. Today, March 11th, that's the day when Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus. Back when we... Hardly knew what the heck this thing was. We were just starting to, maybe we were a month into it, give or take. We still didn't know a whole lot about what was going on. But then Rudy Gobert tested positive, and everything, all hell broke loose after that. Today is also uh, the one-year anniversary. One year ago today that Italy became the first country to go on a national lockdown. The first of its kind in the Western world. A year later, believe it or not, they are still on lockdown. A year later. Now, there have been some exceptions to, you know, who can go out and for what reasons. But most of the country, a year later, the restaurants are still closed. Can you believe that? A year later, 
they're closed other than for delivery. And yesterday I made the comment that you kind of get the feeling that some people in this country are acting like the pandemic is over because we're starting to get a little more relaxed on certain restrictions and whatnot. Kids are going back to school. You know, fans are getting into the stands a little bit. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're playing sports. But it feels like some people in this country are acting like, well, it, it's over. We're good now. Then you have Italy. They're acting like it's hardly gotten better. They're still on lockdown a year later. I think it's somewhere in the middle, right? We're not out of the woods yet. We're still in the woods. Maybe we can see the tree line. You know, things have gotten better. I can't believe it. They're still on national lockdown after a year. Anyway. Uh, we talked last segment about uh, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, uh, tipping off at 1130 this morning in the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament. Also this morning at 11.30, Maryland and Michigan State will meet in the second round of the Big 10 tournament. The 15-12 and 12 Terps, they are the 8-seed, 15-11 and 11 Sparty, is the 9-seed. Now, both teams finished 9-11 and 11 this year in the Big 10. For whatever it's worth, Maryland got the 8-seed because they won the only head-to-head matchup this season, uh, 73-55. It was about two weeks ago in College Park. Since then, each team has... Kind of gone in different directions since that Maryland win. Michigan State went two and one down the stretch with wins over Indiana and at that point, number two, Michigan. Maryland hasn't won since. They ended the season with, and we talked about it on the show, just ridiculous losses to Northwestern and Penn State, which it's kind of moved them closer to, not quite on, but closer to the NCAA bubble. When you look at team leaders this year, Aaron Wiggins, uh, he led Maryland 14 points, nearly six rebounds a game. Uh, Sparty is led by junior Aaron Henry, who is averaging 15.5 points and uh, five and a half boards a game. And we talked about the cutoff lines uh, defensively for West Virginia and Oklahoma State in their matchup, Maryland's cutoff line seems to be 73 points. Terps are 0-6 this season when they allow 73 points or more. And this is a team, look, they they had the second-best defense in the Big Ten this year. They're only giving up 64.7 points a game. So if they get nine over that average, uh, they don't win. They're 0-6. And the winner of this game gets top-seeded Michigan in the quarterfinals, which Michigan State has already proven they can beat the Wolverines. What did Maryland – I know Maryland lost. What was the uh, – I think it was earlier in the season that they played Michigan. Let me try to find it here real quick for you. Give me a, Give me a, a moment here. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Uh, they lost. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they hung with Michigan. Well, they hung with them once. They lost to them twice. 
Uh, the first game was 84-73, so that was a, an 11-point spread. The second game was 87-63. Uh, is, that, is that 24? That's a 20. They got blown out in the second game. Yeesh. So anyway, winner of today's game gets Michigan in the uh, quarterfinals. The greater impact will certainly be on where they fall in the NCAA tournament. Because right now, Joe Lunardi has both teams projected as a 10 seed in the big dance. He has the Terps at number 10 in Region 1, which is likely to be the Gonzaga region, where they could take on San Diego State in Round 1. And he has Sparty as the 10 seed in Region 2, where they could face Clemson in the first round. And he also has he has Maryland slightly above Michigan State because he has Michigan State listed as one of the last four teams uh, getting a bye. And while both teams have some pretty good wins on their resume this year, loser of today's game puts themselves at the mercy, I think, of the NCAA selection committee. If Maryland loses today, that will be three straight losses to end the season against some really mediocre to bad competition. It's not exactly the impression you want to give the selection committee heading heading into Sunday. Now, I, I, I think they'll still kind of sneak in even if they lose today. But you certainly don't want to take that chance, do you? You certainly don't take that risk of losing today because I don't think they'll beat Michigan. If they win today, they'll lose to Michigan tomorrow. But I think a win today for the Terps will solidify that, 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 that standing, that spot, wherever they fall, 10 seed, 11 seed, whatever. But if they lose today, hmm. And it might come down. And we talked about it earlier in the week. It might come down to Michigan State, Maryland. It might come down when the committee gets into that room when they're trying to figure out who makes it and who doesn't, who's seated where. It might come down to, all right, we got two teams here, Michigan State, Maryland. Well, they split the regular season, right? Or not, I mean, they, we one game in the regular season and the conference game. That could mean something. Today, really, could be a tiebreaker when it comes to Selection Sunday. So it will certainly uh, behoove (laughs) the Terps to win today. And again, I I think they get in regardless. But if I think they lose, they are back on the bubble. And they really, they had a nice little stretch there where they played themselves off the bubble. They were comfortable. Lunardi had them as a comfortable eight seed. And then they they kept on losing again. They were an eight seed, according to Joe, after the Michigan State win. Then they lost to Northwestern, and then they were a nine seed. Then they lost to Penn State, and now they're a ten seed. They lose to Michigan State today. Who knows where they'll be? So, again, that's a, an 11.30 tip, and that can be seen on the Big Ten Network. 
Other Big Ten action today after that. Again, all the Big Ten tournament is at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. Uh, after that, the Terps-Sparty game, Minnesota is facing Ohio State. Then you got Indiana-Rutgers, and then uh, Penn State-Wisconsin. Then winner of those four games moves on to the, what, was that, quarterfinals? Yeah, quarterfinals uh, tomorrow. So there you go. When we come back, there were other tournaments in action uh, last night. The ACC is in full swing. We got one team still alive, still in play. Not quite yet on the NCAA bubble yet, I don't think. But with a win today, could move themselves back in the conversation. And we're talking about Duke. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, Cumberland's ESPN Radio. This is the Morning Rush. Every now and then, look, it's no secret, I admit it, it's not like I could hide it, Uh, I'm a big fella, bigger now than I think I've ever been in my life. You know it, all right, if you're a guy my size, you know it, it's, it's, you know, it's there every day, but whenever you see it, it hits you kind of different. And as I am, uh, I'm sitting there last night at home, and I I finally mustered up the courage uh, to watch the second quarter of our uh, game against Petersburg, when we just simply fell apart, Frankfurt that is. And (laughs) I I catch a glimpse of myself sitting on the bench, right, on the film, and I'm like, oh, crap. That's, is that really me? Is that really me? You know, whenever you see yourself in a picture or a video, right? It just, I mean, I know I'm a big guy, but whenever you see like proof, <laughs> it's a whole kind of, it's a whole different situation. I'm st- I'm also at home last night. I'm on the couch. I-, I was exhausted last night, which I usually am. If I'm not sleeping, I'm exhausted. Does that make sense? I'm laying on the couch. Uh, wife wasn't home from work yet, and I'm like, all right, I got to figure out something to do for dinner. Right? Got to make something. Got to eat. Hungry. So I basically I decided to just air fry everything in the house, like everything. The cats were lucky they made it out alive. I just air fry. I mean, you know what? I'm cranking up the air fryer, and I am just air fry. I had fish sticks. I'm going to tell you right now, speaking of hitting kind of differently, fish sticks hit differently in the air fryer. They do. There's something about them that just, I mean, they're fi- fish sticks are like uh, the hot dogs of seafood, right? <laughs> that's, that's what they are. But they're a lot better in the air fryer. I got we had fish sticks and uh, tater tots. I felt like I was nine years old. Mozzarella sticks. What else did I throw in there? I, I think I had a, a a frozen box of popcorn shrimp. I just air fried everything. All of the food was the same color on my plate. Just brown, <laughs> but it was delicious. Anyway, love the air fryer. If you don't have one, I recommend. 
So sticking with college hoops, uh, last night, second round of the ACC tournament went down in Greensboro. Syracuse beat NC State in the 8-9 game. The Orange uh, will face the top seed Virginia today at noon. 13th seeded Miami upset number 5 Clemson. The Hurricanes have an afternoon date today with number 4 Georgia Tech. And then there's Duke, who got some revenge for two earlier losses this season to Louisville by knocking off the Cardinals 70-56. to And the Blue Devils, who, who pretty much need to run the table in the ACC to make the NCAA tournament, uh, they will face the second seed, Florida State, later today. Here's head coach Mike Krzyzewski after uh, last night's win. Our sport needs this tournament. It's really the best sporting event in the United States because it takes up really an entire month because all these, really the tournament has already started because of all the conference tournaments. So in some respects, everybody's in it, you know, because uh, some of these won bid league, but every team has a chance and that's not happening. It's the most fair tournament. So right now we're in the tournament. You know, we have to keep winning in order to to advance to next week. But when you're in your conference tournament, you are in the NCAA tournament. You know, you're just maybe not one of those 68 teams right now. And you have to look at it that way. But it's the fairest, fairest championship by far. That's why it's pure and it encompasses every part of our country. And it's magnificent. And we've been fortunate to be a part of it. uh, I don't know what, 36 times. In the uh, last, what do you say, 36? Wow. In the final second-round game last night, uh, yesterday, uh, we talked about Notre Dame's dramatic win over Wake Forest. They had a three at the buzzer to win in round one. The question was, would Notre Dame have anything left last night for North Carolina? The answer, uh, no. That'll do it. The final horn sounds. North Carolina, 101 Notre Dame 59 here in second round play. And that's how this day comes to an end. <laughs> 101 to 59. At one point, Carolina scored 22 straight points. Get this now. They scored 22 straight points as part of a 52 to 4 run. Wait, what did you say? 52 to 4. And they just blew out the Fighting Irish. Carolina will face uh, the third seed, Virginia Tech, tonight. Here is uh, Carolina head coach Roy Williams after that blowout. That'll do it. The final horn sounds. North Carolina. That's not Roy Williams. This is Roy Williams. We got it inside a couple times. Andrew Playtech made a big three for us. I think we made two or three three-point shots during that. So I've always wanted balance. Guys inside that could score and guys who could shoot it outside. But the other thing is our guys were blocking shots on the defensive end of the floor. And Notre Dame just played last night. And they're only playing about seven games. And I think it might have been that factor and hit their legs at that point as well. Yeah, that's what makes it so hard to advance in these tournaments. Because you're playing, if you're one of the lower seeds, you're playing back-to-back-to-back-to-back nights. And when you expend all your energy just trying to get past Wake Forest, right, at the buzzer, an emotional win, what do you have left? Nothing. (laughs) When you're subjected 
to a 52-4 run. So with all that being said, Syracuse gets the win, right? Duke gets the win. What does last night's action mean for the ACC? Which I think a lot of people would say they had a kind of a down year by ACC standards. What does this mean now for the ACC and the NCAA tournament? Joe Lunardi was on with Scott Van Pelt last night. Syracuse takes the place of Xavier. Scott is the last team in. I can't believe I'm saying it, but that is the eighth ACC team in the field in what was a pretty lackluster year in that conference. Xavier drops out with no real way to help itself, and the Big East is down to three bids. Duke is still alive. They're back on the official bubble in the next four out. All right, I'm going to get to Duke in a minute, but I want to ask you about the team that Duke beat. You look at Louisville, I'm looking at that resume, and I don't know what I'm looking at. I see one quad one win. Like, where? how safe is Louisville right now? It's worrisome, to be sure. And you could make the argument that the Louisville resume and the Syracuse resume are pretty similar, but that Syracuse is playing better basketball at the moment. But I guess our model really shows that with the number of bubble teams still to play, Louisville can fall but not completely out of the field between now and Selection Sunday. And that has a lot to do with what's going on in the Mountain West and in the American, as well as the other two ACC bubble teams, Syracuse and Duke. So Louisville, first four definitely in play, but I think they'll see their name on Sunday night. Duke's got a massive opportunity in a game with a very talented Florida State team. Winning that would leave them where in your estimation, Joe? Right on the edge. Probably just out. But we've got Boise State, Colorado State, and, of course, Syracuse just in the field all playing tomorrow. So there could be room for the Blue Devils. But, you know, as Coach K's comment said, he wanted every team in the country in the tournament. And now he's declared that they are. So it works for him. It works for me. Well, and he's right in what he's saying, because for them, truly, their opportunity to play into the NCAA tournament requires them to win. I just I would I'm not challenging so much as I'm asking just one last thought about this. It's a television show. CBS, right? They, they, you, TNT, you pay. Turner pays a ton of money for a TV show. Duke beats Florida State. It's a pretty nice brand name to throw on your TV show. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just wonder how much the human nature could influence the room as you're going, ah, Duke, you know, Duke. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think they get the eyeballs, whether they make it or not, to see if they do. But, I mean, 36 hours ago, they were a 500 team on a three-game losing streak that finished 10th in their league. Uh, Duke has to win it all to get to the, get the NCAA. They have to win the tournament. And a couple of Big East teams kicking themselves last night. They talked about Xavier, who Joe now has out. Xavier lost to a Butler team last night in overtime, 70-69. A Butler team that was just not that good this year. They were 8-12 in the Big East. Then there's Providence, who lost to DePaul last night. DePaul was 2-13 in the Big East this year. Providence was 9-10. And they, got, they lost by eight. So a couple of Big East teams. I don't know if Providence had a chance, but Xavier was right there. And now they caught. They may have cost themselves a spot in the big dance because they lost to Butler in OT. Georgetown, by the way, advanced. Uh, they knocked off Marquette uh, 68-49. All right, hour number one in the books. When we come back, what else? Hour number two. 
Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, Cumberland's ESPN Radio. This is the Morning Rush. Reminder, several ways to get involved on the show. Hit me up on Twitter at ESPN Morning Rush or Rush Tony C. Our Facebook page at Cumberland's ESPN Radio. Like them, follow them, and drop me a line. Got a question, got a comment, an opinion, or you just want to say hey. Check out those pages. Also, taking your calls on the Rush Line, 301 759 2628. 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance. Shamo. 301-759-2628. And of course, our podcast page on the free Podbean app where we upload every show every day minus commercials. You can go back and check out whatever we talked about. Like if you missed last hour, we talked about West Virginia taking on Oklahoma State today. Maryland taking on Michigan State. Does Duke have a chance to get into the NCAA tournament? All that stuff uh, last hour. Let's kick off uh, this hour with another rock around the region. I want to rock right now. And we start with girls high school basketball, where Frankfurt rolled to a 60-27 win over Hedgesville last night in short gap. Marie Purdue, 25 points for the Falcons, who are 3-0 against Quad A schools this season. Elsewhere, Kaiser put three players in double figures, In a 45-31 home win over Washington, the Golden Tornado are off to a 3-1 start. Hampshire is now 4-0 after a 62-37 win over Moorfield. Gracie Fields had 19 points for the Trojans. And the East Hardy Union game was postponed because of COVID issues at East Hardy High School. Uh, The EH Union boys game also postponed for the same reason. Tonight in boys' action, Frankfurt is hosting Hampshire. Berkeley Springs is at Trinity Christian. And Moorfield is at Kaiser. Uh, On the girls' side, Tucker County is at Petersburg. Berkeley Springs is at Hedgesville. And Pendleton County is at Pocahontas County. In college basketball, on the local scene, Noah Smith scored 17 points to lead Potomac State to a 72-43 win over Penn Highlands. That game was in Kaiser. Catamounts are now 6-3 on the year. On the national level, uh, we mentioned it already, both West Virginia and Maryland begin conference tournament play today. Mountaineers take on Oklahoma State in the Big 12 quarterfinals. Terps take on Michigan State in the uh, second round of the Big 10 tournament. Both games tip at 11.30 this morning. In the NBA, the Wizards return from the All-Star break taking on the Grizzlies in Memphis. Terminates the dribble, feeds left corner, Bain open again. Give him three more, ring it up. Put three on the board, 10 assists for Morant. Another double-double, and Desmond Bain with his first 20-point NBA game. The call on 92.9 ESPN Memphis, 127-112. The Grizz beat the Wiz. Bradley Bill had 21 points, Russell Westbrook 20 for Washington. Major League Baseball spring training action from yesterday. Starlin Castro tripled, homered, and drove in all three runs as the Nationals beat the Cardinals 3-2, the Orioles beat the Blue Jays 4-3, and the Pirates lost to the Yankees 6-5. Brian Goodwin hit a grand slam for Pittsburgh. Today you got the O's at the Pirates at 105, also at 105. The Nats are at the Marlins tonight on the ice. 
The Capitals are at the Flyers, and the Penguins are at the Sabres. And, of course, that Caps game you can catch right here on this very station. Pre-game 645, puck drop at 7 o'clock. And that is uh, your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Kappa Rally Group. So, today is March 11th. On this day, one year ago, as fans were settling into their seats in Oklahoma City, right, get ready to watch the Thunder take on the Jazz, they were told to go home. Game was postponed because somebody on the Utah Jazz had tested positive for the coronavirus. That somebody, turns out, was Rudy Gobert. And then after that, everything just went to hell in the handbasket. Gobert, upon finding out that he had tested positive for coronavirus, immediately had to make a phone call. So when I when I found out that I was positive, the first thought that came to my mind was I need to call my mother and make sure that she gets the news from me because she she got a tendency to stress a lot over things and uh, my mom is, is everything to me. She was actually asleep at the time because of the time difference. So I kept calling, kept calling. I told myself that I didn't want to go to sleep until, uh, until I had uh, told her and that she, she was able to hear my voice. She cried a little bit, but I tried to reassure her and, uh, and tell her, uh, repeating to her that I was, uh, that I was doing fine. And, uh, and after that, you know, she, she just wanted to, to hear my voice. Meanwhile, as the confused probably angry and upset uh, Thunder fans were still filing out of Chesapeake Energy Arena. Behind the scenes, it looked like something out of a disaster movie. Meanwhile, we've got like, you know, people in like biohazard suits, it looks like, walking towards the locker room. When they came in the locker room, they were in like Monsters, Inc. suits, like, you know, glass masks and all that, like full body covered suits, like all the way down to everything, and we were just like, oh, wow, this is really serious. Like, then I seen one of my teammates, they did his nose thing, and he just was over there, eyes watering, uh, everything. I was like, yeah. And she, like, stuck the, like, swab thing super far down his nose, and I just was like, oh, no, I ain't going to be able to do this. I mean, people are on the ground ripping open testing kits um, because there's just boxes everywhere outside of the locker room, and then they're lining up people like five or six at a time. Like, okay, I've got your name, your name, your name, your name. You're going to come into the locker room, sit in these chairs, and we're going to do this. So it's a long process to get not only all of the jazz traveling party tested, but then the rest of the people, the broadcast crew, all the trainers, and, and then the three beat reporters. You know, we were told, uh, walk back towards the locker room. We're going to let you guys back here. You're going to get tested. They administer the test. They stuck a swab up my nose. All of the men take it like children. I handled it just fine. (laughs) 
Um, you know, it wasn't that bad. It was uncomfortable. It didn't hurt. Test is over. They tell us we're going to go back out into the hallway and someone from the Department of Health and someone from the CDC, they're going to talk to us and tell us what the next steps are. And so they start talking to us about you can't fly commercially. And so we were like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> we don't live in Oklahoma. We need to get to Utah. How are we supposed to get home? And he was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> great question. Uh, at this point, I'm just like scared and nervous. Like, I, I really don't get scared of a lot of things. And, but this, at this point, I'm like, man, like, you know, really kind of just put everything in perspective. Like, man, we got to like get this under control and figure out what we're going to do. That was Utah's Jordan Clarkson and jazz reporter Sarah Todd on the uh, 30 for 30 podcast, which is titled March 11th, 2020, a year ago today. And you have to give that a listen. I highly recommend it. It's amazing. All the recollection, just clips from everywhere, people, you know, remembering what was going down, how it went down. And just four minutes after the report of Gobert's positive test, the NBA announced it was suspending the season until further notice. And after that, really, the dominoes started to fall. Like Shortly after midnight, which would have been March 12th, the NBA G League was suspended. And a lot of us were wondering, you know, what the heck's going on here? including Scott Van Pelt, who was working that night. Driving home that night, and the drive home in Connecticut is an interesting one because it's Route 84, late at night, there's no one on the roads, and it's just you and headlights and a dark highway, and it's just a drive home to... You're driving into a a world that just felt like you, you didn't... Everything looked familiar, but nothing felt the same. You know, you're just like, like, holy what is this all about like what is this even going to mean i was so mad i was just so i was so bummed out as a fan that was it like everything stops because if the nba is not playing then college basketball is not playing and the nhl will take its cues from the nba and so we're just not going to play for a while so you go home and sit there and it's late at night and you're by yourself in a quiet house and you just you know, you just you knew that the direction of the entire 2020 year for the whole world just took a massive turn. Again, that was from the 30 for 30 podcast, uh, March 11th, 2020. And Scott was right. Everything just kind of followed suit after that. Next day, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that a second member of the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, he tested positive. Then less than an hour after that, the Big Ten announced it was canceling the rest of its basketball tournament. Two minutes after that, the AAC and SA, or SEC shut down their tournaments. By 109 that afternoon, March 12th, all the Power Five conference tournaments had been canceled. And then there was like the Big East, which canceled its tournament as Creighton and St. John's we're at halftime of their game. Just canceled the tournament right then and there. 25 minutes later, the NHL was the next 
skate to drop, said it was suspending its season. And then it just kept on coming, right? It just, one after the other, after the other, every single thing, it seemed like, that had to do with sports was being either postponed, canceled, or closed. From the XFL calling it off to the McDonald's All-America game to the Masters, right? There's not going to be any Masters. The Masters, you know, oh my, what? Hall of Fames are being shut down. And then, later on that day, March 12th, 4.16 p.m., I got the time for you. It was announced that the NCAA tournament, the entire thing, was canceled. No March Madness, they said, just, you know, March Sadness. And then we just kind of fell into the uh, the sports abyss, right? <laughs> there was nothing. All the high school tournaments were shut down. I told you that story before about how we were getting ready to go play Fairmont Senior in the regional co-final, and it never happened. Everything just came to a standstill. And really, the only thing that we could talk about in sports was that <laughs> there were no sports. I'm sitting here seven months into my new show on this station wondering, what the bleep am I going to do now? Like, how do you have how do you have a sports talk show without any sports? How do you have a society with no sports? As crazy as that sounds, because look, sports sports is one of the lifebloods of this country, right? It's one of the things that keeps us going. It is the I would have to say, like top, what's the word? Inter- entertainment. It's a place you go for, even if it's bigger than Hollywood. Sports is bigger than Hollywood. It's bigger. I mean, that that's, sports is, is so ingrained in our society and in our every, you know, just everyday life. Is it not? And then there was just, there was nothing. It was, it, it felt like, uh, I felt like the Who's. Remember, remember the old, uh, uh, the Grinch that stole Christmas? The Who's in Whoville when the Grinch came down and just took everything? Like everything. It was all gone. That's how I, I felt like the Who's in Whoville. No brackets, no baseball, no hoops, no pucks. No slam dunks, no grand slams, no grandstands. What the? Well, you know. It was just bizarre. And really, again, the only headlines were about nothing happening. And it was really hard because it was hard to fathom going into a, a spring and summer with no NCAA tournament, no NBA playoffs, no Stanley Cup playoffs, no spring training, no start of the Major League Baseball season, no NCAA tournament, no Masters, no high school basketball playoffs, 
No high school spring sports as those sports were completely wiped out. No baseball, no softball, no tennis, no whatever. And then on top of that, you had to deal with the reality of this coronavirus, which again, back then, it was a novelty to us, was it not? A year ago today, March 11th, we knew some stuff about it, but we didn't we still didn't know a whole lot about it. And I remember even thinking to myself, boy, maybe these these leagues are overreacting. Like my you know, almost like I was I was angry a little bit. Like, what? You're canceling the NCAA tournament? Like you can't be serious. You remember when the Ivy League was I think the Ivy League was in front of it. The first to be in front of it all. I think the Ivy League canceled their their tournament even before Gobert was tested positive or had tested positive. And I remember thinking, the Ivy League, boy, you're you're overreacting here. You're going to cancel your basketball tournament. And then they canceled all spring sports. If I have my timeline correct, that happened early on March 11th, a year ago today that the Ivy League said, we're canceling our basketball tournament, we're not having spring sports, and I do remember thinking, boy, you are just overreacting. I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're depriving these student-athletes of their basketball tournament and their spring sports. This is ridiculous. Because we didn't know. We had no idea what was going on. We had no idea what was coming in the next year. No clue. And then the ball just got, it got rolling that day. And then the next couple of days, it was just all just poof, right? Just gone. And really, the only saving grace that we had was the NFL. Because the NFL was going to push through that thing come hell or high water, right? Did it not? They canceled the owners' meetings, but then they said, you know what? We're still going to have, we're having a draft. We're just going to have it on TV. We're going to have, well, they always have it on TV, but... Nobody's going to be there. It's going to be a virtual NFL draft. And it was just like, thank goodness we have something. I've never paid attention more to an NFL draft in my life. Because it was something, right? It was just a little, you know, little, little, little morsel, a little crumb of sports that we were just starving for. Then the NFL said, we're doing free agency as normal. It's going to start on time. The NFL year was going to start on time. The NFL was going to find a way to just get through it. And there were people that were against it. Oh, I can't believe they're still conducting business. I can't believe. Maybe they should take some time off. And blah, blah, blah. NFL was like, no. We're going to find a way, and, and we're going to do it. And you know what? They did. But it's just crazy to think. But that was we're this is a we're a year in in some ways it seems like this year has flown by. In other ways, it seems like it, we've been doing this for five years, right? Then I remember thinking, wow, you know, this isn't gonna be that bad. Because it's still we still didn't know a whole lot about it. We'll be fine come fall. You know, baseball will start playing. 
the NBA, NHL, and then they did. They found a way to get their playoffs in, and you know, with with the bubble and all the you know all the testing, and and we know what happened after that. But ah, everything will be fine in the fall. Kids will be back in school. I remember thinking that a lot of people thought that. And boy, nothing could have been further from the truth, right? This thing turned out to be a a, a heck of a lot more serious than I, I than a lot of people originally thought, myself included. Myself included. But now here we are a year later, and, and you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? You're starting to see things slowly, you know, we're gonna hey, look, we're gonna have an NCAA tournament. Like all the com- we're having conference tournaments right now. We're going to have an NCAA. Now, look, it's different. It's all going to be in one city, but they're going to have it. The NHL is playing right now. NBA is playing right now. Major League Baseball is in spring training. Slowly but surely, we're starting to, we are, and I hate to use this term because people, we're rounding the corner. (laughs) Rounding the corner. Are we not? And we're far, we're still a ways from getting back to normal. But man, we're, we're we're getting there. And it's really quite amazing when you think about it. Because this did turn out to be a heck of a lot worse than, than we originally thought. And we're bouncing back from it now, I think, a heck of a lot earlier than I thought we would. Still a ways to go. But we're getting there. So again, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to say March 11th is a is a day that will go down in infamy. Like, I, I don't. I don't think it's. I guess when you're talking about the sports world, sure. March 11th, 2020. You know that was the day that the sports world stood still. And it's just one of those deals that if you're a sports fan, if if you love sports like I do. That you just won't forget because that's when it it just went off the rails. Three zero one seven five nine two six two eight. Give me a call. What's your recollection of the whole thing? How do you remember feeling when you found out that sports was basically just done for a while? And that's what it was. It was just done. It was finished. It was over for a while. 301-759-2628. Also hit me up on Twitter at ESPN Morning Rush. And on the Book of Faces at Cumberland's ESPN Radio. Right now we're going to take a break. Got some news and weather coming up. And we will return with more of the Morning Rush. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, Cumberland's ESPN Radio. This is the Morning Rush. Just got done talking about last segment. Uh, of course, today is the one-year anniversary of when uh, sports pretty much just came to a standstill. That was the day things started getting canceled, postponed. Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus. NBA shut down. Then the conference tournament shut down. And the NHL shut down. And the NCAA tournament was canceled. And then it was just... Crickets. There's nothing. 
So trying to get your thoughts. Want to get your thoughts on that? Were we, when you heard the news, how'd you feel? Did you think it would last as long as it did? Did you think we'd bounce back as quickly as we did in the sports world? 301-759-2628. Also hit me up on Twitter at ESPN Morning Rush or Facebook at Cumberland's ESPN Radio. Uh, speaking of the NCAA tournament, the selection committee, did you know uh, the selection committee actually got together yesterday? They just don't, you know, meet on a Sunday morning. Caller, hold on. They just don't meet on a Sunday morning and pick teams. They got together yesterday, <laughs> and they will meet every single day to try to hash out the 68 teams who will play in the NCAA tournament. That's pretty that's, that's pretty crazy. So they're basically together for Wednesday, Thursday, four days to try to pick the field of 68. All right, let's go to the rush line, 301 759 Two six two eight. You're up. Who's this? Good morning, Tony. What's up, James? Hey. Yeah, it was funny. I was uh, I was thinking about what today would have been during the commercial break, and then you came right into it, it's the anniversary of when they started shutting things down. Right. And today would have been the first day of the ACIT. Oh, that's right. They. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I so, didn't. I didn't uh, put that together. You're <laughs> right. They canceled that two years in a row. Yep. So. Yeah, I tell you what, though, it's it's really neat to watch all these conference uh, tournaments and hear these names. Even on the radio, you can hear these names and remember not long ago calling their names up at FSU during oh, yeah. the ACIT. Yeah, you look at a guy like like Hunter Dickinson who is just yeah killing it as a and freshman it, in Michigan this year. And it's funny because not even like what they call the Power Five conferences. You know, you have like – uh, Butler, you know, I was listening to uh, Villanova and Butler play, I think, two weeks ago, and I heard five names, five, <laughs> that crazy. were in that tournament not long ago. Right, right, And right. then uh, when, I, when, when we did the game uh, Friday last week, we were doing basketball games that were being played, you know, that day, and one was Loyola out of Chicago. They have Prentice Hub oh, yeah. from Gonzaga. That's right, so, yeah. So, so all these – Conference tournaments, you you sit and watch, and you're going to hear at least one name from that tournament. And just how much I miss that tournament, and it's only it's only been two years, but still, it seems like forever since we were at at uh, the gym right. doing that that tournament. Right, because last year uh, they had they canceled the day of. Right, we, we were getting ready to go up and and do the games on that Thursday, and they canceled the ACIT that day. Uh, which kind of threw us for a loop, and then of course they canceled it much earlier this year, as things still aren't you know uh, safe enough to go. And uh, we had Joe Carter on the show when they canceled it the second year this year, and he was just like you know more or less we can't have fans there. What's the point? Right. And so that you you understand that that train of thought. I would have to, of course nowadays you can't assume anything, but I would have wow. to think that next year. <laughs> by by this time next year, we better be getting ready for the ACIT again. I'm with you, and you know it didn't it didn't seem long ago we heard politicians saying we're rounding the corner. I think we are, and I, I think we can see the other side of that corner now. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I said earlier. I hesitated because of who said it, and I didn't want to get killed over that. But we are rounding the corner. 
Yeah, uh, well, and, I said politician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of a blanket statement. Right, right, right. But uh, uh, the other thing, too, big news yesterday from Governor Hogan that they're going to lift some of these restrictions right. and outdoor sporting venues are going to be allowed to have 50% capacity. Right. So our game tomorrow is going to be Mountain Ridge at Greenway Avenue taking on Fort Hill. Right. And you know Fort Hill packs the house. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. We'll have a half-packed house, but it'll be half-packed. Half-packed better than no-packed. Last week, Allegheny and, and Mountain Ridge, when they played, they're, I'm telling you, Tony, there were no more than 150 spectators. And it as big as that facility is for high school uh, sports, it just looked like there might have been 10 right. people there. Because <laughs> they're all spread out, right. Yeah, and I use this term loosely, the crowd mic that we had hanging out the window, it was picking up wind. Like two people, like crickets. Yeah. yeah it was picking up crickets. That was it. <laughs> and, and the only time I can remember actually hearing the crowd is there was a, uh, a, a, there was a snap and then a whistle, and then a good two or three seconds after the whistle, one of uh, the defenders came in and leveled the QB. I'm not going to say who or who, what right, team. Right. But uh, uh, there was a lot of shouting about that because the defender didn't get flagged. The coach for the other team did because of what he said. Ah, I see. I see. So it's okay to tee off on the QB <laughs> when the play's dead. Just don't say anything right. about just it. Right, can't say anything about it. Sure. So, sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow and seeing some more fans in there. It gives us a little more sense of normalcy. Sure. And there's, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter for us. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's all we're looking for. That's all we've been looking for is just a little piece of normalcy here and there. Yeah. You know, so. All, All right, right, Tony. Well, good luck, and I, 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 I'm I'm listening to you guys. Uh, the Falcon basketball team—that's another good thing that that's it's kind of rejuvenating this area. The basketball's back in West Virginia, and because it was right around the time you guys started, the same time last year they it ended. ended. Right, exactly. And it, it's so, right about. I, have to, I don't know the exact date. I have to look it up, but it was right around this time uh, we were getting ready to play Fairmont Senior that day. And uh, they're like, nope, you're not playing. And then after that, nothing. Right. So, so I-, I wish good luck to all these teams. It's great that they're yeah, playing again. Yeah, I so. agree 100%. All right, Tony. Later all right, James. On, Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. 301 759 2628. 301 759. That's right. I-, I, didn't- I didn't put that together that today would have been the first day of the 60th ACIT. They've been trying to get number 60 in for two years. Next year. I'm going to go out on a limb, okay, at least a limb that would hold me, and say that we're going to have the 60th ACIT next year. If not, then something just just crazy happened. I'm going to say, I'm going to take a leap of faith here that another year from now, since we're on the one-year anniversary of everything shutting down in sports, another year from now, on the two-year anniversary we're just we're we're full steam ahead. We are just 100% full board, foot on the gas, 100% just we're right I you have to. It, my goodness, if we're dealing with this, I mean, it's not going to go away forever ever. But if we're still in this situation another year from now, I'm not going to make it. But I will I will take that leap of faith and say that at this time next year uh, while not ever going away completely, it'll be an afterthought. I will, I will, I will, I will take that leap of faith.
301-759-2628. So, uh, as I was mentioning before James called in about the selection committee getting together yesterday, and they'll be together for the next four days to pick uh, the field of 68. The NCAA kind of cleared some things up. Now, there was always the question, you know, because they're going to have a tournament this year. It's all going to be in one place. It's all going to be in and around Indianapolis. The question was, well, what happens if a player tests positive? What happens if a team gets into the field of 68 and a player gets COVID? And so uh, VP of NCAA basketball, uh, Dan Gavitt, said that as long as a team has five healthy players, then it's good to go. That's it. They're not going to shut everything down if a player tests positive. Now, of course, there will be constant testing, constant, uh, what is it, contact tracing. But if a, all a team needs is five, that's all you need is five. If you're, you know, Norman Dell from Hoosiers, all you need is four. My team's on the floor. Coaching, they haven't quite gotten to that yet. Like, what happens if a coaching staff uh, gets wiped out, you know, all test positive for COVID? I'm not quite sure about that. But they made it clear yesterday that all a team needs is five players. And they can get, as long as they keep on winning, they can keep on playing. And again, things will be different in Indianapolis. Players are going to have their own rooms. Teams are going to have their own floors. So you'll have a West Virginia floor, you know, uh, Oklahoma State floor, a Gonzaga floor, at all these hotels throughout, you know, the Indianapolis or in Indiana. In Indiana. Say that again. Three times fast. In Indiana. It's my first day with my new tongue. You got to excuse me. Players and coaches, you know, they'll have the frequent testing. And so they say, all right, just give you here. Five healthy players are good. Coaching, again, they're not quite sure. And they also announced yesterday, well, what happens if a a team doesn't, uh, you know, have five healthy players? Well, then they just forfeit. Like, once the field of 68 is set, there can be no replacements. There can be no, you know, all right, get this team out of here and bring in, you know, team number 69. Can't do that. So if it would happen that a team has, you know, has to bail because they lose all their players, whoever they're set to play against, kind of like what happened with the West Virginia uh, football playoffs, right? If a team couldn't play... The other team just advances. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. Hopefully, uh, you know, all teams, all 68 will remain to at least play and either, you know, advance or go home. And again, they still have to decide on the coaching staff. What happens if coaches, you know, get it and the head coach, you know, can't coach and they'll, they'll work that out eventually? Obviously, before next week. But now we know that all you need is five healthy players and you can play in the NCAA tournament. If you can't play, you can't be replaced and the other team just moves on. All right, we move on. One more break and then we'll come back to wrap things up. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, Cumberland's ESPN Radio. This is the Morning Rush. 
Tony C in the big chair. Before we ski dad, oh, let's take a look at the uh, player who delivered last night, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. How about Edmonton's Leon Dreisaitl? The center produced a five-point night, a hat trick, and two assists. In the Oilers, a 7-1 win over the Senators. It was the third hat trick of Dreisaitl's career. So Leon Dreisaitl, the player who delivered, uh, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. Speaking of the NHL, it was announced yesterday that uh, the league is returning to ESPN. How about that? Starting with the 2021-22 season, ESPN will once again broadcast NHL games. It'll be the first time since 2004. Now, it won't be exclusive. They'll still be on NBC and the other, you know, because now they can reach agreements, you know, broadcast agreements with other networks. It doesn't have to be an exclusive thing. So there's going to be, according to this story, 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC, same company. Some early round playoff series, a conference final each year. It's a seven-year deal, so they'll have uh, four Stanley Cup final series on ABC, more than 1,000 games per season, streaming on ESPN+. This, if I'm reading this correctly, this is where I have a problem. It says ESPN Plus and Hulu will be home to 75 ESP, uh, ESPN-produced exclusive telecasts per season. So if I'm reading that right, that means there's going to be 75 games a season that you can only get on ESPN Plus and or Hulu, if I'm reading that correctly. I don't know about local rights. I don't know if that means, like, for instance, the Penguins are playing the Flyers. If that game is one of those ESPN Plus Hulu games, does that mean I can't get it on like AT&T Sports Pittsburgh? If that's the case, that that's going to that's going to anger me. That's going to upset me. I don't like this exclusive stuff on these streaming platforms. I don't like these streaming platforms forcing my hand to say, "Hey, you want to watch this game, you better subscribe to our service." I got a problem with that. If I'm reading that correctly. There's a name for it. I don't know what it is. But that that's just not right to have exclusive games on a pay stream. I'm paying for cable. I'm paying for these sports channels. I want my games on those sports channels. Anyway. Uh, the deal also includes opening night games, the NHL All-Star Game, which who cares, really. And it says the NHL's out-of-market streaming package, NHL TV, is also moving to ESPN Plus as part of its subscription offerings. So there you go. It's been a while. As I said, 2004, 17 years is the last time the NHL was on ESPN and ABC. Of course, there was, you know, if you remember this, if you're old enough, when ESPN2 was first introduced way back in the day, that was one of their go-tos, right? You remember that? Like the NHL on ESPN, NHL on the deuce. That was big time. 
back when you know, ESPN still cared about the NHL. <laughs> if you noticed, and look, I'm not telling any business secrets here. ESPN doesn't exactly dedicate a lot of time to coverage of the National Hockey League. Why? Because it didn't carry it. That's how the business works. You're definitely going to push what you cover. That's why ESPN spent, you know, they, they take time talking about, obviously, the NBA more than most, the NFL, women's college hoops because they carry women's college hoops, the WNBA because they carry the WNBA. You cover what you carry. So now you're going to see a lot more coverage of the National Hockey League on ESPN because now they're going to carry the games. That's how it works. That's simply how it works in the business. And again, uh, it won't be exclusive to ESPN. NBC will still have its NHL package and, and whatnot. But it's good. It's a good thing. Because to me, again, you listen to the show long enough, you know, I'm a big-time hockey fan. And the more exposure the sport can get, the happier I am. So now you're going to have the NHL on ESPN. That's more exposure for the sport and more chances for people to watch it and uh, hopefully fall in love with the sport like I have. Uh, speaking of which, tonight, see, you push what you carry. Capitals are back in action. You see how that works? They're taking on who they playing tonight. The Flyers. They're in Philadelphia. So we'll have that game on this very station, pregame 645, a puck drop at 7 o'clock. You push what you carry. That's how it works. And, of course, we'll talk about that game tomorrow. We'll talk about the uh, West Virginia-Maryland games tomorrow. Both of those games tipping off today and eh, about two and a half hours from now, Big 12 and Big 10 tournaments. We'll have a special Rush Friday feature tomorrow. Joe Shuda catches up with me. It's another Ask Tony edition of the Friday feature coming up uh, tomorrow. All that stuff and more. Please join me. 7 a.m. sharp. Have a great day. This is the Morning Rush. I am Tony C. And I am done. Ah, see ya.